Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to Revolution Dev One Radio. Um, this was Thursday night, the 16th. Welcome to the Dino Light and Pearl Ministries. I'm posting another ministry. Uh, we have a special guest and then uh, pastor, senior pastor in the church. Had to go around. Very spiritual. You'll hear a lot of things going on and us talking. Um, I just want you to look and listen, and I'm going to say pray for Israel, pray for Jerusalem, and pray for the people of the United States. I love you. Goodbye. about 10 people that are ready to praise the Lord on the Woo!
What was her name? Don. 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 Yeah. Look over to your neighbor and say Don. Her name was Dot, and Carol and Elder Delbecker, they actually, they know Dot very well. And she, on last Sunday, say last Sunday. Last Sunday. Last Sunday, say again, last Sunday. Last Sunday. She had stage four cancer. But without treatment, last night, as we were worshiping, she was dancing. And so Elder Canfield walked over to her. And talked for a moment. Then I watched Elder Canfield walk up on the platform and talk to my pastor. And then my pastor announced to that tabernacle that she is cancer free. She went to the doctor and had cancer in Church. 
playing football. <laughs> we saw video footage last night. Valor Christian College. How many of you are thankful that our, we're connected to that? Like that's, we're connected to that. They've been out with Deborah George this past week. Those college. Is this all right? Do we have church like this for a little bit? Does yeah. it have to be so scripted and planned? No. It's good for God's people to get together and praise Him, isn't it? Well, they've been out all week long with Deborah George. And, of course, there's some people out there that their kids live like hell, would split hell wide open saying that strategy's not right, but they ain't got no strategy for their own house. Quiet, it's Presbyterian Church all of a sudden. <laughs> but the video showed last night, they took those college kids out. They're, they got school the next morning. They're out till 1 in the morning in the streets, prostitute alley, praying with people, having conversation with people. And they showed a video last night, you want to go back and see it, of a gentleman in a store that was, he was not able to walk. He was completely lame. His legs didn't work. And they prayed with him at like midnight in the convenience store. And the video shows that young man walking out of the store in the
doesn't matter what you came in here dealing with because I know who's bigger than that. God, 
God will never bless rebellion. And the church is backslidden in sin. Sin is to know the will of God and to choose not to do the will of God. The will of God is to take the gospel to the lost. Amen. Therefore, Amen. not to take the gospel out is sin. 90% of the churches in America are in sin.
Is this thing on Impact Church went to the jail to preach the gospel in the jail to the people in the cells. Yeah. 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 I mean, we didn't take an offering. They couldn't give us any money. We went to preach souls. And, and when Pastor Kim went in there, they were desperate for conversation about Jesus. Desperate for conversation that could lead to their lives being changed. We left there, and now that jail is completely infected with COVID to where they shut it down for three weeks that nobody can go there. Pastor Kim just had a COVID test just an hour ago. I just got a report she's negative. Come on and praise God. Our local officials have given us the authority and the blessing that when COVID is done, we get to go back in the jail and we get to fill something up with water and we're going to have baptism in the Government. 
I refuse to sit by and to watch the devil pick at you. And so I, I have been blessed when I don't deserve to be blessed. And God has restored me when I didn't deserve to be restored. And so I'm about to put my hand on you and believe God that every ounce of favor and blessing and restoring grace that he's ever poured out on me to pour it out on you. And I don't know what it looks like right now, but I know what it's about to look like when God works it out. Because Proverbs 3 says that to the redeemed, God gives favor with God and with him. He's about to give you favor. time in 
so many years. He gave me a microphone and said, go preach. He wasn't concerned with his reputation. He was concerned about my restoration. Because he has the heart of God. people in your life to bless you. Amen. Amen. And then you refuse to listen to them and let them lead you so you can get blessed. Yeah. I'm so thankful that God's placed them in my life. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the honor to do what I do had it not been the, the investment that he's made into me. And I believe he's got an investment into us as a church tonight. Would you stand to your feet and honor Pastor Kevin? Thank God you're going to the jails. Yeah. 
And if nobody else will go to the jails, I pray you'll keep going to other jails. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And wherever else God opens a door for you. But I believe that there's so much more. So I've come, again, not for guilt or shame, but to prepare, okay? Prepare. Yeah. So maybe you'll like this. I, I don't know if this is okay, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Sacrifice is the language of worship. Oh, come on. Is that okay? Sacrifice is the language of worship. But I also believe that sacrifice is the language of service. Yeah. Let me give you a definition real quick. Because I think that we have gotten it in our minds that sacrifice is an inconvenient act. It's a negative connotation. That if I hear the word sacrifice, I recoil and I immediately recoil because the way that it hits me is that it's an inconvenient act. In other words, it's something that I don't really want to do. <laughs> All right? Or it's something that I would do begrudgingly if I had to, if somebody really wanted me to and made me do it. Right. But not something that I'm really thrilled about. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be my first choice, in other words. But when I think about sacrifice, biblically, a sacrifice, now I'm going to get a little graphic here. I apologize. We let our kids watch all kinds of violence and gore on TV. But if uh, someone gets graphic in the church, come on. <laughs> it's all good. so I'm going to get graphic. So if you need to leave, I guess the doors are right there. <laughs> don't want you to, yeah. but I, I want to. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Come on. Right? So I don't want you to, but if you need to, I understand. But a sacrifice is dead. Oh. Yeah. A sacrifice has its throat slit. Yeah. A sacrifice has its blood drained. Yeah. A sacrifice is burnt on the altar. Yeah. We're ready for that. <laughs> Good. And did you know, biblically, there were different kinds of sacrifices proportional to desired outcomes. Really is. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah. Different kinds, proportional to desired outcomes. Come on. So that's why I say, are you willing to sacrifice for the success to manifest and materialize in your life that God wants to birth? Wow. That God wants to bring forth. That God wants to bless others yeah. with. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, as I get going here, I know there's there's some that are going, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold 
emergency break. Let's do some Tokyo Drift in here. Didn't Jesus say that he didn't desire a sacrifice? But a willing or a, a broken and contrite And indeed he did. But can I tell you why I think he said it? Because Jesus wanted us to know that it's not the act itself, but it's the intent behind the act yep. that is he's, what he's interested in. Yeah. Did you know that you can do a whole lot of things that your heart isn't really into? Did you know that? You can do a whole lot of things that you don't really feel like doing. Yeah. You can do a whole lot of things that you really don't want to do. I.e., it's not just the act. It's the intent where it comes from a heart that says, Lord, whatever you want, Amen. however you want it, yeah. <laughs> and whomever you want it with, yeah. intent, not just the act of offering an animal because, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, he did say it so that we would understand that it wasn't just an act. You see, we think sacrifice isn't, pardon me again, no, I don't mean to come here and cause trouble past years. <laughs> We've come to think of sacrifice of, but well, you know, for this amount of time, I, I'm gonna give up chocolate. <laughs> Instead of, Instead of playing five hours of Call of Duty a night, I'm going to play four hours and 45 minutes, and that'll be a sacrifice. Instead of a weekend of binge-watching Netflix, I'll just maybe watch seven episodes tonight. That, that's where we've, how far we've gotten, and why we recoil, and why anybody mentions the term sacrifice, we go, whoa. That's where we've gotten in our head that that's what it means. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Give us an intent again, Lord. Give us an intent for sacrifice. Because I want you to know this. There's a difference between a maintenance ministry and a missional ministry. Oh, I know it because I've been in both of them. It's a big difference between a maintenance ministry and a missional ministry. And I'll tell you what the difference Good. is. Free of charge, not even putting on the bill. <laughs> it's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. In other words, we get so consumed with or busy with or thinking that it's enough to just maintain what we have versus sacrificing for the more yeah. for the more more souls more room for those souls come on and so while I am just through the roof about how far God's brought you there's so much more that he wants to do yes but question, real, real hard question tonight. Do you want it as much as he wants it? Oh, man. Come 
world? I've had to answer that question. Do you want it as much as he wants it? You see, that's the deal. He wants it. He wants this city saved. Yes. Amen. Yes, he does. He wants every person in the city limits of Ironton, Ohio, to be in his kingdom. Yes. Amen. To hear his gospel. Yes. To be touched and healed. To be restored in their relationships. To be made new. <laughs> to have revival. But will we sacrifice in order to see it manifest and materialize? Right. Is this okay? Okay. <laughs> Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. You'll know that that's the faith chapter, right? That's, you'll, you'll read all those, those names that we're also familiar with. Abram, Moses, so on and so forth, big names. And then we'll also read some names we're not quite as familiar with. And is it okay if I read at least one of those names tonight that we're not so familiar with? So Hebrews 11, reading it to verse 32, the writer says, and what more shall I say? <laughs> In other words, he just progressed through all of these mighty people of God, all the mighty acts of God manifested and materialized by their faithfulness, by the way, and their sacrifice. For instance, Abraham, go to a place that I'll show you. <laughs> okay, you got it. I'm on it. Go to the place, here we are though, 2021. Go to the place I'll show you. I'm not sure I got time for that. I'm not sure I got the pocketbook for that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what our excuse making is. Fill in the blank here. But Abraham says, I'm on it. Moses, go to the Pharaoh and declare, let my people go. You know those stories. But I'm betting, I'd be willing to guess you may not know this story. So what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon. Well, you probably know, you've heard of Gideon. You know a little bit of his story. Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. Now that's the guy I want to introduce you to. That, by the way, if you're looking there, the PH is pronounced with an F here. Jephthah. So let's just call him Jeff for, for short. Okay, Jeff. I want to tell you about Jeff tonight, all right? Now, we can't read his story here in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, so we've got to go back to the book of Judges in the Old Testament. Is that okay if we look at the Old Testament tonight? Sure. All right, Judges 11 is where we're going. So that's back toward you know the beginning of your Bible. You know, you've got the first five books there of the law, and you've got Joshua and Judges. Chapter 11. And I just quickly need to tell you what's happening here when Jeff shows up on the scene. Book of Judges has a recurring theme. And the recurring theme is this, that the people of God fall away. They cry out for a judge. God sends a judge, i.e. a deliverer. They turn from their wicked ways and experience prosperity and blessing and manifested materialistic uh, uh, goodness. Okay, But then they fall back again and they cry out for a judge. 
and another judge is raised up, and then they experience goodness, and then they fall. Okay, it just is like this, on and on, all the way through the book of Judges. And that's how it is here when we meet Jeff in chapter 10 and 11 of Judges, and that the people that Joshua had cleared the land against, all right, all the people that were inhabiting the promised land, the land that God had said he was giving to his people, all, right, all the people that were driven out from there are now kind of coming back out of the woodwork and rising up back against the people of God, right? So there's warfare again. There's battle again. And the people of God are exasperated. They say they're frustrated. They're at the end of their rope, so to speak. They don't know what to do. They are, uh, once again, leaderless. And that's where we meet Jeff. So in chapter 11, it says Jeff, the Gileadite, was a mighty warrior. Amen. He's a mighty warrior. His, his, his mother, though, was a prostitute. Whoa. Didn't expect that one, did you? You didn't see that one coming. His mother was a prostitute. And so it says Gilead's wife also bore him sons, and when they were grown up, they drove Jeff away and said, you're not going to get any inheritance in our family because you're the son of another woman. So Jeff fled from his brothers and settled in, in another land. All right, so in other words, they didn't want him. They said, you're not good enough. You don't belong here. Come on, is anybody resonating with that? Yeah. Can you relate to that? Anybody ever said anything about you? Anybody make you feel a certain way? Yeah. Like you didn't belong? Like there was no place for you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anybody, you know, have a kind of a weird family tree? <laughs> I got one. <laughs> it's okay. That's where Jeff is. All right. Now, remember, he's from Gilead. I need you to know this. Gilead means... Stones of testimony. It goes back in Genesis, and I don't want to tell you the whole story, but Jacob and Laban had made this barrier out of stones, these heaps of stones that they put there. And they said, all right, these stones will represent the testimony between you and I on this day, okay? So, so there is stones of testimony. Now, Jeff, now what does that mean? All right, I'm glad you asked. His name means to open or release. All right, you got that? To open or release. So let me put that together and put it like this. How do you open or release a testimony? Come on now. How do you open or release a testimony? Got any hints? Anybody want to take a guess? All right, I'll tell you. Sacrifice. A sacrifice. How do you open or release a testimony, a sacrifice. Well, notice in verse 4 it says, Sometime later, when the Ammonites made war on Israel, the elders of Gilead went to go get Jeff. <laughs> Come, they said, be our commander so we can fight the Ammonites. Well, now, they didn't want him around until they needed him. I felt like that a few times in my life, too. 
And it won't be around until, uh-oh, they needed me. Yeah. Come on now. So I, can I just say this to you prophetically tonight? That if you've been feeling a certain way, if there's a certain group of people try to kind of excommunicate you a little bit, all right, and, and, and just kind of push you aside or, yeah. or, or put you out on the, on the margins or the fringes, can I say there's a day coming when you'll be needed. So don't get in your feels. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Don't let that spirit of depression sink you. Come on. Yeah. Don't go down in despair. Yeah. Don't let despondency overwhelm you. Well, they don't care. Nobody calls me. Nobody needs me. I don't ever get a place to serve. Wait a minute. There will be a moment. There will be a time yeah. when you're needed, when your number's called, and will you be able to respond because it will take a Just, well, 
figure out. One day they're going to know.
if Ironton and Colgrove and South Point and Chesapeake or Portsmouth or you name the town, I don't care. What if those towns got wrecked? <laughs> with the presence of God. Amen. And would you just live with the intent that the only way they're going to get wrecked is if we go do the wrecking? When Jeff returned to his home, who should come out to meet him but his daughter? Uh-oh. Remember the vow? But his daughter, dancing to the sound of tambourines. What is dancing the language of, Pastor? <laughs> Joy. Joy. Dancing to the sound of tambourines, she was an only child. Except for her, he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh, my daughter, I'm miserable. I'm wretched because I made a vow to the Lord that I cannot break. Now, you and I are getting real nervous reading that tonight. We're looking for the wiggle room. <laughs> you ever made a vow and look for the wiggle room? <laughs> Lord, I'll do this when you do, if you do that. And then he does it. You're like. That's important. That's, this is why I'm making 
a distinction because I believe, I really believe that Jeff's daughter is a shadow of the cross here in Judges 11. Jeff's daughter's a shadow of the cross. What do I mean by that? I'm glad you asked. She says, I'll give my life for the victory of the people and to fulfill my father's vow of sacrifice. Sound familiar? And I get real discouraged when I hear people talking about what Jesus did on the cross for us as an atonement, by the way. This is Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. Aren't you glad tonight that you and I don't have to make an atonement, but there's been one made for us. And Jesus! I get real discouraged when people say that what Jesus did on the cross, that somehow it was child murder. that the father participated in. And they're like, how could a good God do that? But I remind you, Jesus said this, check me on it, red letters. No one takes my life from yeah. me. Yeah. I lay it down yeah. of my own accord. Right. I give it freely yeah. as a atonement, as a sacrifice for the sins of men. For the victory <laughs> to fulfill the vow of my father promised so long ago through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob. is just not a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. That I'm comfortable making. You understand I'm 
speaking here on behalf of the population. Cross is not a sacrifice that I'm willing to talk to anybody about, to negotiate, to, na to navigate. The price is too high. The cost is too great. And we wonder. And we wonder. But I still have time. <laughs> so, Jeff's sacrifice was taken up by his daughter. She says, we're going to fulfill that vow. It's going to be my sacrifice now. And I'm going to give it. So I believe that that's what happened. Yeah. Now, can I go to just one more verse real quick? Yeah. I don't have to turn there, but Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye I read that once. 
wants. You see, you live in a realm where somebody's keeping score. You live in a realm, see, this is, this is where I really know where if people are truly trusting God. Because so many people are living this lifestyle of, well, if I could just somehow, some way, tip the scales over here in my favor. In other words, if I can do just enough good things to outweigh the bad things, then maybe somehow. Do you know that that is a performance work-based salvation? That is contingent upon you and what you can or cannot do. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Which is about what Jesus did in his atoning sacrifice. Amen. The question, is he getting what he paid for? I mean, after all, after all those of you who want to keep school. Like some kind of, some kind of golf scorecard, right? I mean, a lot of Christians out there, you got to go find them on the golf course. Yeah. But I ain't got nothing against golf. I'm just not any good at it. <laughs> and they got their little golf scorecards. But you know what I also know about golf, even good golfers? They give themselves what's called a mulligan, mulligan when they mess up and get a ball over in the trees that they can't find again. Well, they'll just drop. Kick the ball out of here for a little bit. Little hits and bam. Keep and score. No, we're talking about lifestyle. Amen. Where it's just who we are. Well, it's just what we do. Well, it's just how we live. I'm going to wrap it up, I promise you. <laughs> in 2006, I was pastoring and living in West Virginia. And we're, we've been in ministry for a while at that point. And, um, our stream of ministry, uh, generally speaking, the pastor lives in a church-provided home called a parsonage. That's pretty much how Robin and I live our lives as adults. And Robin, though, had this dream of owning her own home. And the Lord saw fit in such a way, I think, that we started building a house. And, oh, I wish I had a picture to show you the, the setting where this house was being built. And she went out there every morning and watched the progress. She picked out. Every knob, every color, all the stuff that you pick out. It was her dream home, her baby. And um, about the time that the house was near completion, I felt the Lord stirring in my spirit. About another opportunity in Kentucky. Now, how do you tell your wife who spent the last 
six months or more. <laughs> but a sacrifice had to be made. That's good. And there's a house up in West Virginia that still breaks our heart every day. <laughs> in some ways. But in other ways, we see that what God has done is so much better. Amen. Now, I don't know what the story looks like in this choose-your-own-adventure landscape if we had just stayed there and stayed in the house. But you're right, I don't know. But I do know on this side, I don't regret the sacrifice that we made. Amen. Now, I came to Kentucky, and I served nine years in a local church over there across the river. Things were going well. Attendance was up. Finances were solid. Had his staff. He's the longest serving tenured pastor in that church's history at that point. And the Lord began to stir again. Uh oh. We tend to recognize it when we've been around in a while, you know? We've experienced it. Because that wasn't the first time in West Virginia. I just don't have time to take you all the way back there. All right, I got to get you out of here because you got kids. You got to get to school and work tomorrow, and I don't want to ruin my chances of never being invited back. <laughs> Great job. Woo! So, <laughs> so, um, and the Lord really was dealing with me, not about changing churches, as it were, but about doing something entirely different, something entirely out of the box. And in order to do that would mean I was going to have to leave the church-owned parsonage that I've resided in for nine years. I'm going to have to surrender the income that I was accustomed to, right? I was going to have to leave behind all of that that I've just explained to you. And the Lord also dropped another little nugget in my bucket. He said, he said plus, I want you to go work at Moe's Southwest Grill. 42 years old, master's degree in ministry. And I'm going down to ask my friend if I can have a job at Moe's Southwest Grill. The Lord told me because Moe's is where the people are. And you need to get out of that church bubble. That church bubble needs to pop in your life. Wow. And you need to get around some real people. <laughs> wow. Whoa. So for two years, 
While we labored in that new work, I worked at North Southwest Drill. And it's, again, a sacrifice, not, but lifestyle. Now, the reason I bring that up tonight is so that you know that I understand the lifestyle sacrifice, but more to the point, it's for this. That because of that new work, God brought someone else into my life, some other people in my life. Many of you in this room tonight, but David and Amy, David and Amy Weems came in my life. I said, David and Amy Weems came in my life. Something else was going to come forth, be birthed, right. manifested, materialized. And it would mean some different things for me and for us. But look at Impact Church today. Look at your pastor today. Look at many of your lives today. What God's doing. And I say to you again, there's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more. In many ways, people thought that that was the end of what I was doing. But I want to tell you that even after they came over here in 2019, we baptized 27 people. Church, I am <laughs> 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 
is the best sermon anyone, including me, has preached in this church all year long. Amen. And we ought to honor God for that. of you seen and we put out in the group message um, and on Facebook that we have postponed our block party this coming weekend. God stirred me over the week and I told some of our team members, I said, I feel like it's not a good idea, like it shouldn't happen. Some of them felt like it should. I said, well, this is a good opportunity to figure out which one of us discerns good. And uh, so let's, I'll let you go ahead and do it. I just don't in fact, to be honest with you, I never reserved the hotels for the people that were supposed to come into town because I knew it doesn't need to happen. And uh, today we got a phone call from the health department asking us not to do it because COVID numbers are rampant and it's affecting children in our neighborhood, in our community. Yeah. Um, and if there's anything I've learned from this man is that compassion is the language of heaven. Yeah. Compassion yeah. is the language of Christ. Yeah. And we would be foolish and be a bad representation of Jesus yeah. if we went did our party this weekend. Yeah. And so we're postponing it. We're not canceling it. We just postponed it until yeah. it's a better time. And so... I was already, I told Amy, I said, I don't have a sermon for Sunday, but I got a verse. So don't miss Sunday, because when I don't have a sermon, but I got a verse, it's usually whew, one of those type of Sundays. But God gave me this verse for this coming Sunday where God said, what kind of house could you build for me? What kind of festival or holiday could you put together for me? And we'll talk about that. God's looking for something more than just a block party. God's looking for something so much greater than the building of a building. Amen. He's looking for the building of a lifestyle which is sacrificial. And I heard the Holy Spirit I, as, as Pastor Kevin was preaching. I was, if you have to leave, I certainly understand, but I just got to mind the Lord. So if you have to leave, I certainly understand. For just a few more months and I'll be done. I'll pray for this and we'll be done. I was praying to the Lord and I said, Lord, as he was preaching, some of you let your minds go everywhere else. I was trying to keep it on heaven. You should try that. Not just in church, but out of church too. Yeah. Yeah. I said, Lord, when will it be our time? he speaks. There's a frequency that God speaks and if you ever get tuned in, you'll hear what God's saying because God doesn't always speak to individuals. He just speaks and if you're in the right frequency, you can pick it up and hear it. Yep. And so I asked God, I said, God, when will it be our time? And he said this so clearly, Pastor Kevin. He said, when your people will look up to heaven and say, it's now your time. We're asking God, when will it be our time? And God's asking you, when will it be his time? When will it be his time to be number one in your life? Yeah. 
When will it be his time when you don't steal from him in your money? Come on. You can't steal from God and ask God to bless you. Amen. When will it be? Some of you, before you leave, you ought to put an offering to get things right with God. I'm telling you. You say, well, you just want the money. No, the church still doesn't pay my salary. Columbus pays my salary. And we got over $30,000 in, in this church. So I'm not saying that for me or for us. I'm saying that for you. Because God said, test me in this thing. You won't be blessed or cursed. Be honest in your finances. God won't bless you when you live like hell in your house. Come on. In fact, Isaiah says this. He says, you cannot, God's calling us to a fast on Saturday. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to do outreach. We're going to fast on Saturday. Somebody ought to be excited that there's a church that still calls people to fast <laughs> I don't mean that you just let the dessert pass. I'm talking, I'm calling you to a holy fast this Saturday to get sacred and right with God so when you walk in them doors on Sunday morning, you know that there's nothing between you and God. Amen. Calling us as a church this Saturday is a day of holy fast. My family's having a reunion first one in years. I'm telling you right now, I'm not eating a thing because I'm so hungry to taste the things of God. Amen. But I've got to tell you this, and I'm going to let you go. Isaiah says, you fast with contention and strife. You cannot fast as you have been fasting and hope to make your voice heard on high. And I heard the Holy Spirit as I Pastor Kevin was preaching. You can't expect God to hear you when you clearly are not hearing him. How hypocritical. What a horrible relationship if I expected Amy to always respond to me, but I never responded to her. If I expected her to always hear everything that I said, Read every message that I send to her throughout the day. There's like 800 of them. But I never read anything or responded from her. It's the way we're living with God. God, hear me, but God, I don't hear you. The Holy Spirit is speaking tonight. No cameras are on. This is for this group. Saturday, a holy day, a fast. But not with strife in your house, not with dishonesty in your life, and not with sin in your camp. Amen. Amen. Get right with God tonight. Get right with God tomorrow. Do whatever you need to do. Make the things right with God. So that your fast is real. And then on Saturday, fast with me. Yeah. Will you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's fast together as a church on Saturday. And show God we're so hungry for what Pastor Kevin is preaching up tonight. We're so hungry for a move of God. We have the hungry for it. Fasting is not going on a food strike against heaven. Fasting is about showing God I can tell my flesh no. 
We've been telling God no too long. And our flesh, yes, too long. But if we'll live a sacrificial life, you don't even say no to me and yes to him. Do you hear what God is saying tonight? There's a whole new level just waiting on us. So God said, when will it be your time? Then you choose to let this be God's time in your life. Let me pray for you. Father, I ask you to bless these sons and daughters. God, my Father, it is with great gratitude that I'm so thankful for every person that would walk in here on a Thursday night in a world that is offering so much. They chose to be here tonight. Then God, I know that the enemy has so perverted our culture that we live lives so distracted. And even us, Lord, even us church folks have, have strayed so far from the gospel. And we've strayed so far from holiness and purity. We yell at each other. We talk down to each other. We dishonor each other. We only praise you when it's convenient. But not anymore. Not anymore. We commit ourselves tonight, God, to get things right in our lives with you. And to live a life picking up a cross and following after your example. This is our time because we make a decision tonight, Father, that our time is now your time. If you mean it, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, it's time for my life to get in order. I declare it. I decree it. By faith, I'm ready for dominion. I'm ready, I'm ready for my destiny. For my destiny. When, I when I wake up in the morning, help me, help me to make my thoughts about you. Make my thoughts when, about I'm working, when I'm working, let me get lost, me get lost. thinking about you. Thinking about you. When, I'm in my car, when I'm in my car, give me a shout of praise. Give me a shout of praise. Remind me of your goodness. Remind me of, Remind me of your mercy. When I'm, in my house, when I'm in my house, may it be a sanctuary. May it be a sanctuary. Let me get out my Bible, get out my Bible. And, get lost in it. and get lost in it for hours. For hours. I'm, tired I'm tired of shallow, of shallow Christianity. Christianity. I want more. 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 Not satisfied. May I never be satisfied. May the hunger 
your stronger and stronger. Show me, Lord, the sin of my life, the areas that I've done you wrong, the ways I've done others wrong. Help me to make it right. And I declare that this coming Saturday as a day of fasting. Help me tell my flesh no. Tell my flesh no. That I may tell you yes. Now if you believe God's about to take us into the holy of holies of his presence and take you to the greatest place of intimacy you've ever known in the next three days. And I dare you to give God 10 seconds of praise right now.
Sim.